What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I write for Zone Coverage, the, or excuse me, I write for the Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage, Bring Me the News, and the Brookings Register. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel and on Apple and Spotify every Tuesday and Friday. And sometimes I will go online at noon on Fridays to talk to our new guest. But what we have going on today um, like I said, live guest, uh, let's just restart this here. The magic of live YouTube. However you consume us rate, comment, like, and subscribe. So you never miss a new episode, whether it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I, I don't even know right now, but we have a guest today that agreed to go live. He is one of the hosts of the Vikings happy hour and on the climbing the pocket YouTube channel or excuse me, Climb the Pocket YouTube channel. This is a disaster of an open, so I apologize for that. But he is a writer for Vikings Wire and the Daily Norseman, and apparently he's a glutton for punishment because he saw the show and said, I want to do that. Um, so his name is Matt Anderson. Matt, <laughs> my apologies for the messy intro there. That's just kind of how my life has been this week. How you doing, man? Welcome to the Viking Age. I'm doing well and it's and it's all good, man. I trust me, I've done I've done plenty of live shows and know that when you put that live button on for some reason it's just it's way different than just a, a normal recording. So um you got you hit all the important parts and that's all that matters. That that's what people don't realize. Like when they tune in live to like see us, like they just see like two idiots on YouTube talking back and forth. Yeah. But it is harder as soon as that button goes on, you're just like, ah, oh my God, uh, don't don't do anything stupid. And then you do something <laughs> stupid anyway. Yeah, uh, just kind of mentions it. So let's dive right into the show today. Uh, the first topic of the day is that the Vikings hosted a joint practice with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Vikings kindly asked people not to film. And then everybody took out their phones because that's what <laughs> society does anyway. Um, so it helped people like myself, who is in uh, the middle of South Dakota and yourself, who didn't go to practice, but kind of just followed online. 
to really get a sense of what's going on. So I'll ask yeah. you here to start off, what is your biggest takeaway after these practices this week? Man, biggest takeaway for me probably is, um, you know, I think I think just the wide receiver depth. I, we've, I've talked about it on my show a bunch, um, but when we talk about Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, I know Addison didn't practice this week, but Nikhil Harry played well through a, a couple of the training camp uh, practices that we heard about. Um, Tristan Jackson came back and was playing well. Brandon Powell has been playing well. And so I think really one of my biggest takeaways is just that group. That group is going to be a very tough decision when it comes down to cut down day on which direction you're going to go. Um, and I think a, a, a huge testament is to Keenan uh, McCardell. I, th- I think his his coaching, his development with some of these guys um, is a big reason that that they are as successful as they are. So that that's one of my big takeaways for sure. I do. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I was sitting here this morning and I'm like, man, this Jalen Naylor injury is pretty like concerning. Like he hasn't practiced after getting hurt in the first practice training camp. And I was like, maybe they need to sign a receiver. But as you mentioned, there's just a lot of guys here that can step in and play. We saw Brandon Powell. He's looked good during training camp at times. Um, There's also Tristan Jackson who avoided that leg injury and he's making Mm -hmm. plays now. Um, I, I mean, even a guy like Jalen Rager, who I know doesn't have the best mental capacity at times to execute the playbook, but he's yeah. also a physical freak. Like he can get the job done on a physical level. It's just kind of putting everything together. All of those guys give the Vikings a variety of weapons where, you know, let's say Jordan Addison who left, or I don't, I don't think he actually made it to the Titans practice. He actually left practice. I think on Wednesday and was entered the concussion protocol. Like, you know, if a guy like that goes down, you have other guys that can step up like KJ Osborne can fit in that role. Jalen Naylor can fit in that role. Like it's really deep at receiver. And I think it means good things for the Vikings offense this year. Absolutely. I mean, the the offense has unlimited potential when you think about it with with the the weapons and the arsenal that Kirk Cousins has at his disposal. I mean, we talk about TJ Hawkinson, who obviously hasn't practiced and whether you buy into the conspiracy that he actually has an ear infection or he's sort of holding in whatever. But behind him, Josh Oliver, right? Like people are like, oh, we brought him in for blocking. But people forget when he came out of college, he was a receiving tight end. Uh, and, and so just top to bottom with receiving weapons, it's it, it's it's a great group. And I'm excited for this group. I, I It's hard for me to contain myself because I think fans love watching offense a little bit more than defense at times. Um, and when you have all those weapons and you see them on display, just gets you excited and, and ready for week one. I, I'm, I kind of, I'm kind of done with the joint practices at this point. <laughs> I It is so funny because I have been so busy this week putting together the fall preview, which mm-hmm. those folks in Brookings listening to me, you can check out that preview at the brookingsregister.com. Cheap plug. <laughs> um, but I, I've just been like trying to follow practice. I've been at SVU yeah. practice. I've been all over the place. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm like Allen Iverson at this point. I'm like, we talk about practice. Like, let's <laughs> let's start the games. Let's get going. Like, I, I know Madden probably sucks. I just want to buy Madden so I play a game that matters. You know what I yes. mean? Um, I'm going to throw some cold water on you a little bit because I, okay. I know I am excited about the offense. I think that's going I'm to ready be the strengths it. of this Vikings team. But I have two things that are going to mess everything up. Okay. One the interior of the offensive line. And you agree with me here because <laughs> I will quote a uh, tweet you sent out last night or X or post, whatever the hell it's called now. 
uh, R.I.P. Kirk. And it was a response <laughs> to Garrett Bradbury getting tossed around like Brock Lesnar fighting a cruiserweight uh, by something called Tyre Tart. Now, aside from that video, which you can go and find, I mean, Tart just explodes out the line and chucks Garrett Bradbury about five <laughs> yards to the left. Just like, excuse me, sir. No 295-pound man should ever be thrown like that, by the way. But uh, Tart was also ejected later in practice for throwing a punch at Garrett Bradbury after he pile drove him into the ground on a running blocking play. We've seen Ed Ingram look not so great with the twos in Seattle. Uh, Dalton Reisner, I assume he's like Willie May Hayes, Mays Hayes at this point, like sleeping on a cot outside of TCO Performance Center. Like they're just going to be doing individual drills and like Dalton Reisner, like, oh shit, I got cut already and like run out of the field and just blow up a linebacker or something. Um <laughs> You know, how how concerned are you with the interior of the offensive line? Because after watching quarterback and Kirk Cousins looking like, you know, fighting Triple H in a street fight with his ribs, like, yeah. how are we feeling right now? Because I'm not feeling good. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's justified. Um, I would say I, I was probably just fueling the fire with that Garrett Bradbury post yesterday. I, I, <laughs> I would say that. In, and I think most people would say that one-on-one reps are probably not very indicative of uh, overall success. And Garrett Bradbury had a good year last year. And from what I've heard, he had a he's had a good camp, too. So, like, the fact that this one clip kind of came out and blew up, it, it's, it's funny. But Garrett Bradbury is not the one I'm concerned about. I am a little concerned about Ed Ingram, but... I'm curious how the Vikings are going to approach this because we 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 continue to hear the term competitive rebuild from Quasi, from Kevin O'Connell, from you know media, whatever. And the competitive rebuild would suggest that like you're kind of putting all your eggs in this basket this year, and so maybe you would go get Dalton Reisner. But with so many like impending free agents, and not just like depth guys, but starters heading into next year, um, and knowing what the cap situation is. I almost wonder if they're just content rolling with what the roster is so that they can kind of roll over that money into next year, have a little bit extra um, to kind of retain some of those guys who are going to be free agents. But I mean, yeah, I think there's cause for concern across the offensive line. I mean, we still haven't seen Brian O'Neill practice and, you know, I know he's taken some part in, 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 you know, team drills on the side, but not like full on practice. So that's still got to be a concern with, you know, only three and a half weeks to go to the regular season. So I am concerned, but at the same time, this is going to be the first year that I can remember where it's going to be the same five starting offensive linemen out there. And so that continuity and communication amongst that group, I think will go a long way. Um, But everything, everything is warranted until we see them play a game. So I'm with you there. I think and you were kind of talking about the flexibility and how, you know, there's a lot of impending free agents. Ezra Cleveland, a free agent. There's a lot yeah. of talk out there. He wants to go back to tackle, which makes sense because yeah. you play tackle in college and tackles get paid more. Uh, you got Garrett Bradbury. He signed a three-year contract, but if you go on over the cap, you'll see there's a lot of funny money in the last two years of that contract. And the Vikings, if he sucks, they can just go, all right, see ya. And yep. then Ed Ingram as well, you know, he's got two more years of team control, but if he has another bad year like he did last year, the Vikings are probably going to look to replace him. That's where that cap savings kind of comes into play with yes. that 2024 class where, okay, we need a guard. We need to stop messing around. We can go get one. They didn't have that cap flexibility this year because they mm-hmm. were kind of in transition. And that's how I feel about this whole team in general. Like odds are this team probably isn't winning a Super Bowl. 
Like we, if, you know, if we yeah. took out the purple Kool-Aid and like injected people with truth serum, they'd be like, yeah, they're probably a nine <laughs> or 10 win team. I, I mean, last year was kind of a fluke. Uh, maybe they'd say they were fraudulent. I don't know. Or as uh, some people would put it, fraudulenta. Like it's just like a series of punches <laughs> to the gut or something. Um, like I, I just feel like this team doesn't have a lot of depth outside of the receiver position, maybe some other parts. But, you know, I think that if the Vikings fall into a situation where the offensive line maybe doesn't work too well, maybe Cousins has a regression uh, compared to last season. And the other thing, injuries. I think injuries and health are going to play a key role in how good the Vikings are this year. And Mm -hmm. they are starting to pile up. Uh, Makai Blackman left Thursday's practice with a shoulder injury. That's not great. Uh, Jordan Addison is in concussion protocol. Not good. And then you also have Kane Wangwu and Jalen Naylor who have yet to practice since the opening week of training camp due to injuries. We already talked about the receiving depth, the running back depth, and what is in that backfield. You know, Ty Chandler looked good against third stringers. He also looked good against third stringers and second stringers last preseason. And then he didn't do anything in the regular season. You know, let, let, let me put it this way. If the Vikings were to make one signing to bolster depth, let's just assume they get the Hawkinson thing done Yep. Eventually, you have your choice of signing a veteran running back, a veteran cornerback like Ronald Darby or a veteran guard. Who are you signing and why? I think I'm going cornerback. And and the reason I say that is because I think there's much more unproven like potential in the cornerback room. But in a, in addition to them just being young guys, their injury history has been suspect. I mean, a Caleb Evans, even even in yesterday's practice, a Caleb Evans was taken out. Now he didn't get a concussion, but like that's how nervous they are, kind of about their cornerbacks from from the 2022 class. Uh, Makai Blackman unfortunately got hurt, which it sounds like he avoided a major injury, so that's good. But I just still think from a veteran presence and just someone who is reliable, I, I would like to see them maybe go target a cornerback. I, I think I listed a couple yesterday, but uh, Logan Ryan was one that I think could be a good addition. Uh, Noah's Flores, so that would be a an easy connection to make. But I just don't know if you can go into the season at this point, especially with injuries start, starting to pile up in that room uh, it, w- without more depth there. I mean, we, we're kind of missing that Patrick Peterson, that Terrence Newman, that, that guy you know, like, yeah, he's probably lost a little bit, but you can throw him in. He can teach the young guys. He can, he can do what you need him to do. Um, running back doesn't scare me, and the reason why is because I think historically we've seen in the NFL, you can you can kind of plug and play them at this point. Uh, and I think that was a big reason to move on from Cook, right? Like, I think they like Cook as a player and a person. Um, but for what he was going to cost this team, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And Kevin O'Connell and uh, Kwesi have come from places where they've really used running backs by committee. And so if they really think that, you know, Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, and Alexander Madison can do the trick, then... Who are we to say that they're wrong? Uh, and then guard, yeah, that's that's just tough. I don't I don't know if Dalton Reisner is really the. I mean, he he'd be an upgrade, I think, but I yeah. I just don't know if if it's worth the money to kind of go after something like that. But who knows? We could be all Reisner, on. Yeah, and Reisner has been a starter all this time. Like the two concerns I have with him is he's been a free agent. He's been out there the entire off season, so anybody could have yeah. called him and be like, "We need guard help. Let's go get him." Yeah. Why is he still out there? Like, it's kind of, you know, windy type thing. You got the windy fingers or whatever. You're just like, well, why would they do that? Why would nobody sign him? 
Yep. Little bit of a red flag there. He's also a starter. He's if you're bringing him in, I don't feel like you're putting him in a reserve role and like just going to Ed Ingram being like, "Hey dude, we're going to put you on ice for a year." I don't think Ed Ingram would be really happy for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I mean, I, I'll be honest here. I kind of want to see what Ed Ingram has. Like even if yep. it's bad, like at least you'll know after year two, okay, we need to sign a guard in free agency with all this cap space. Or, you know, wow, Ed Ingram really jumped from year one to year two. Let's keep rolling with him. Like, I feel like you need to have answers on that 2022 draft class right now before, you know, it's way too. I mean, Lewis seen, we don't know what he is. Um, Andrew right. Booth Jr. He's been off the field so much. I mean, he had an awesome pick in practice right now, but again, between the ears, right? He chucks the ball at the Titans, you know, <laughs> team, like tries to egg them into a fight. It's I like, am so down for that though. I, I yeah. love that. <laughs> oh, and I'm I'm not gonna sit here and wag my finger at Andrew Booth like you shouldn't do that. Like, don't do it in a game. You do it in a game, like I, I'm gonna be upset with you. You do it in practice, it's like okay, it's summer, different color jersey, you know, it's like a bull seeing red or whatever. Like, I totally get it. But I mean, yeah, I, I saw that and I just kind of chuckled and I'm like, yeah, the coaches probably didn't like that very much. <laughs> yeah, the coaches didn't. The players were hyped up, though. Two minute yeah. drill and he he essentially clinched the game, right? So I, I think, um, gosh, what season of hard knocks was it? And I think it was when they were with the Texans. They were with okay. the Te- I don't think they've done a Washington one, but I think it was with the Texans and DeAndre Hopkins and uh, D'Angelo Hall were mouthing off to each other. And like at the end of the second day of practice, like somebody goes, we need to get the fuck out of Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, this is this is not going well. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's kind of some the stuff we saw yesterday. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say about the practices Yes. Um, and really we can tie this into Saturday's preseason preview, Brian Flores, defense, that is going to be fun to watch unless yes. this is like a whole, you know, subterfuge don't show anything in the preseason type of thing. And they're just going to drop into cover two again against the Buccaneers or something. And we're going to blitz all the time. No, just kidding. We're just going to watch you kill us <laughs> underneath. Um, I think that. You know, Brian Flores is bringing this attitude. They're going to give up big plays. That's going to happen. This isn't going to be a top 10 defense overnight. But I think this defense is going to give them a fighting chance and help the offense, you know, stay on the field a little bit more. Maybe, you know, kind of take a step forward. What are your expectations for Brian Flores' defense uh, this season? I just want to be, I just want our defense to be a tone setter. I mean, I do think they're going to probably let up a lot of yards. Just, I mean, that's just the nature of being aggressive and, and blitzing sometimes. Um, you're susceptible to a lot of those big plays, which I think I'm okay with. Um, I just, I just want to see us. There were many times last season where I felt like we just let teams walk down the field on us. And I just want this defense to have an attitude. And they seem to already. They seem to have an attitude about them. That's just like, no, we're going to come after you. And, you may, you know, torch us once, but we might, you know, sack you however many times. You know, I just want to see that 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 aggressiveness this year. But we talked about this on our show yesterday. And just like I think fans do need to temper their expectations a little bit because I don't quite know if Flores is going to come in and, and change this from a, you know, dead last ranked defense to like a top 15. I just don't I don't I don't think that's going to happen. It could, but I don't think it's going to happen. People would have to step up that we just don't really know who that is right now, especially when you think about the defensive line and and even the cornerback group is another one. Um, but I do think that 
like top 20 is like a reasonable expectation. Uh, maybe like top 22 ish. And, 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 and the funny thing there. is, it doesn't sound like that's aiming the bar high, but it, it, it would be a huge jump from, from where last they were last year. year. Yeah. 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 It's and crazy. I mean, but it, they have a lot of speed now, which is good. Yes. And that's something they need to correct. I mean, last year, you know, I, I kind of wondered this with Ed Donatel too. I wonder if he wanted to kind of blitz and take more risks, but he just looked at his personnel and be like, this isn't going to end well if we start sending Eric Hendricks on a blitz because <laughs> they're, they're old, they're slow, there's everything else. And I think Flores is a better fit towards what the Vikings want to do on defense. Absolutely. But we're going to we're going to see how that translates throughout the season. Uh, before we close the book here. What are you looking for from the preseason game on Saturday? Because it used to be like we, we'd have this long laundry list and everything else, but now everything's hurt or everyone is hurt. And yeah, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, eh, okay, school. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I, I really want to see that. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch during this show already, but I really want to see that 2022 class kind of show out um, or at least show something, you know, I need to see a lot from Andrew Booth on Saturday. Um, I don't know if Caleb Evans will, play and I don't really think I need to see a whole lot from him but um, I'm also thinking Ed Ingram in that situation um, and then really what I'm looking for is I want to see Jaron Hall again so I was very quick to be like Jaron Hall you kind of sucked in your your first preseason performance but then I went back and I watched the tape and he kind of stood no chance so it, when his when, a, when his offensive line let him down his receivers weren't getting separation and when his receivers were getting separation, his offensive line let him down. So I think he did a lot of like things that were smart within that, like throwing the ball away or, you know, kind of moving the pocket at will. But I just want to kind of see him even with the twos, if they'd play him, I don't think they will play him with the twos, but I would love to see him just with a little bit more competency surrounding him and see how he performs. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing is just no injuries, please. I just I don't yeah. want to see any more injuries. The more the more injuries they have, uh, the potential of this team tends to go down. Uh What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, I do like Darren Hall. 
I, I mean, it's basically kind of what we talked about. Like, I want to see the cornerback depth. Can somebody yes. step up with that opportunity? I want to see the offensive line. Does the second string offensive line have some form of resistance? I'm not even asking for a good blocking job. I'm like, just slow the guy down. <laughs> so like, yep. you know, Jared Hall isn't on his back immediately. Uh, the running backs. I, I want to see Dwayne McBride again because I thought yes. week one was kind of a disaster. Um, he hasn't been great in practice from what I've heard. Um, can he, can he kind of take a step forward and kind of learn like that? That's what we're looking for there. And then Jaron Hall, like you said, I mean, it's more curiosity than anything. I don't yeah. think he'll ever be like a future franchise quarterback or something, but what you're doing there is you're just crossing your fingers and you hope you get a cheap backup with some upside where, yep. you know, if Kirk cousins does go down, you're not going like, Oh shit, we have to play Sean Mannion. Uh this is this isn't good. The game's pretty much over before it starts. So Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things I'm looking for from uh Saturday's preseason game. Uh one thing that we won't have to watch is a kicking battle because <laughs> Greg Joseph is the winner. Yes. Uh the Vikings released Jack Pudlesny on Thursday. Uh Pudlesny never got on the gr- got off the ground in this fight. Uh no. Joseph attempted no. every kick in Seattle. You didn't really <laughs> hear too much about him. So it's good luck, kid. Uh hopefully you can sign on with another team. Joseph, of course, has been the starter for the last two seasons with the Vikings. He is 59 for 71, 83% on field goal attempts, 88.7% conversion rate on extra points. But those numbers dropped to 78% on field goals and 87% on extra points last season. Are we comfortable with Greg Joseph as the kicker? I am. I, I mean, I think when you look across the landscape of the NFL, there's really only a handful of like good kickers. And unfortunately, we had one and yeah. decided to let him go. Um, but that's a, a whole different story. Uh, but I'm comfortable with Greg Joseph. And, and I think there's a few different reasons why. Um, the main one, though, is and you brought it up even in, in our in our show notes here, but the main one is just the continuity with that mm-hmm. group. Uh, we had Ryan Longwell on our show last season, and we talked about kind of Joseph's kicking woes. Obviously, he was, he was great beyond 50 yards, but he was really missing the short intermediate stuff. And I just, we asked him point blank, like, how do you even fix that kind of stuff? And it's, he said, it's really ensuring that it's just the same group of guys and they, and they just, they're all kind of in sync. Because the second you swap out a long snapper, or swap out a holder, or swap out a kicker, the whole process gets turned upside down. And so I just think that bringing everybody back with Joseph, with DePaulo, with uh, Ryan Wright, I think all three of those guys can sort of build on last year. Um, and Gr- Greg Joseph is a you know a top fifteen kicker in the NFL. Like he he's still good. Um, I just hope he doesn't lose us any games. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the when you when your kicker screws up, you just don't want it to be in a key moment. And for Greg Joseph, I don't think like I can't remember where it's been like, oh, that I mean, the Arizona game that right. that's been basically it, right? And I mean, even then, it was kind of like there's this tension when that happened because Mike Zimmer was standing on the sideline with a shotgun figuratively, of course, (laughs) Uh, just like, I don't know. I'm going to bring in six different kickers and we're going to try this out. Yeah. I think that continuity has something to do with this because you have all three guys, they work, they know their tendencies and everything else. Even last year, you had Ryan Wright as the holder on field goal attempts 
And maybe mm-hmm. that was a bit of an acclimation period. Um, you know, we're always going to be leery about kickers as Vikings fans. Cause it's just like drilled into my, into our blood. Like <laughs> I've mentioned it on the show. I've been, I was at the wide left game when Blair Walsh missed a 27 yard field goal. And it was like, you know, saving private Ryan or something when they're storming the beach. And like, you just hear like the tinnitus, like that really ringing in your ear and you can't hear anything else. That's basically what it was. Like we just have PTSD when it comes to kickers in Minnesota and you know, those misses that Joseph had. And I, and I think too, like sometimes extra points can tend to be overblown when they miss it because it's a one point thing. Yeah. It's a huge deal, but I mean, I would rather have if Greg Joseph's going to be shaky on one area I'd rather mm-hmm. have it be extra points than field goals because you'll need, I mean, you never know. You might need, what was it? A 64 yard field goal he hit against the giants. Yeah. On Christmas Eve. Like yeah, if he can do that, if he can come through in clutch situations, that's really what you want from your kickers. So he does bring frustration sometimes, but I mean, I don't think this is like a, you know, burn houses down type of thing that Greg Joseph won this. No. I, I think the Vikings will be just fine at kicker until they're not, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just always going to kind of be that that thing associated with with Vikings football, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ingrained in our blood just as much as Fran Tarkenton and Randy Moss. So even if we yeah. got like a Justin Tucker, though, I, I feel like he would suck when he came here. Well, we we just, had one. Yeah. We had Daniel yeah. Carlson, and then yeah. you know Zimmer basically broke him by you missed one in the preseason, kid. I can't believe it. from the guy who once uh, sacrificed Irv Smith Jr.'s knee for a preseason touchdown uh, <laughs> that he didn't get. But uh, that's another story. Um, let's wrap things up by talking about uh, how do I put this? Our idiot of the week. Um, <laughs> Ryan Clark, who is a former Steelers safety, uh, was on NFL Live. And, you know, they just like us, they got a couple of weeks until they start talking about the season. Uh he said that George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. Now I'm, I'm going to read the complete quote and then we can kind of go over uh, what's going on here. Ryan Clark said, George Pickens is much more talented than Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's understands everything about playing the position stems leverage. He can catch the ball in all kinds of awkward positions. He's a savant. But here's the other thing. Coach Mike Tomlin told me something that I thought was great. He said they didn't even work to tolerate him, and they certainly didn't try to raise him at Georgia. They didn't embrace who George Pickens is. When you've got five-star players everywhere, it doesn't matter because you can run the ball for 250 yards a game. But now at Pittsburgh and talking to Ike Taylor about the way the entire team loves his attitude and loves the way he approaches his job, that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done for him. Okay, so I think there's some merit to what Clark is saying as far as Pickens time at Georgia. Maybe he's an unfinished product, that sort of thing. But when he talks about like running stems and knowing how to catch and whatever, is that not receiver talent? Because it certainly seems like that's part of because like Laquan Treadwell, he could run an eight route or whatever the hell it was in Nord Turner's offense, but he couldn't <laughs> run, run a normal route to save his like a Cordero Patterson, maybe more talented. Right. But sure. I, you ask him to run a receiver route and he's completely useless. Like, you know, make, make this make sense because I'm I'm. I'm having a hard time. Here. It's it's that time of year where people are just, I mean, w- what did we see the other week uh, that Kirk Cousins made Justin Je- Jefferson? Yeah, I, I was going to get to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, it, we, we've heard uh, Justin Jefferson is a product of Kevin O'Connell's system and Kirk Cousins. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard that Justin Jefferson has less upside than Christian Watson. And we've also heard that uh, he's less talented than George Pickens now. So Justin Jefferson apparently sucks. It's just that time of year to spew out just dumb takes and rile the people up. But but Ryan Clark is so off base with this this comparison. Like if you would have tried to tell me that like Jamar Chase is more talented than Justin Jefferson, you know, you maybe could have sold me on something like that. Um, but what Justin Jefferson has done in the league in the last two years, hold on. The beauty of live YouTube. <laughs> um, what Justin Jefferson has been able to do in his first three seasons here is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, he's about to break um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s record of uh, 5,000 yards through you know 50 games or something like that. I mean, he, he's, he's super close. And what did George Pickens have last year? Like 800 yards total. Let like, me uh, look that up here. It, it's just in George Pickens. Yes, he's young. 801 he's yards. Yeah. Get out of here. Je- Jefferson's almost had 5,000 in three seasons. So that's <laughs> four times more. It's even, it was way more than that. But I just think that you can hype your players up, but bringing Justin Jefferson into that and pulling him down just makes no sense because Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And George Pickens may have a great career in the NFL, but. I mean, I feel comfortable saying he's nowhere near Justin Jefferson's level of talent. It's just, yeah, I can, I, I'm still kind of baffled that he's and then he doubled down on it the other day, didn't he? Yeah, here's the tweet. Uh, he sent this out last night, I believe. And he said, dear people who are upset that I said George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson, which is solid stand vibes, by the way, than them. And <laughs> personally, I don't stand anyone because I know how that song ends. But yeah. um, that's that's kind of neither here or there. You are behaving as if I said he was better. He went on to say that Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady, but Brady is the greatest to play the position. That was his... Uh, his stance. And this is the other thing too. Patrick Peterson defended Clark on Thursday because he had his usual oh, press conference. I didn't uh, see he this. said, I can definitely see it. GP is very, very raw. He's very unpredictable when the ball is coming his way in terms of catching ability on my podcast, all things covered cheap plug the other day. I called his hands magnets because if the ball is coming near them, he finds a way to come down with a catch. Justin is a savant to the position. He's really, really tuned in to how to manipulate the defensive back and sets his routes up. He's going into year four. GP is going into year two. There's still some things he wants to get better at. Now, as I mentioned, Patrick Peterson is campaigning for a career in media. So therefore, he is not going to come out and be like, Ryan Clark sucks. He's high as hell. I don't know what's going on here because he could very well have to sit next to Ryan Clark at a desk sometime next season. That being said, I mean, I see what they're saying where, you know, George Pickens isn't a finished product and Justin Jefferson is a finished product. But even if we go back to LSU days, like where Justin Jefferson was putting up insane numbers and I I believe uh, who was the coordinator, Joe Brady, right? That was his name. Yeah. Joe Brady said he was in the slot because that's where our best receiver runs. Like, and, and that was an offense with Jamar Chase. So, yeah. so I mean, they, there's proof that Jefferson, you know, if you go back and look at his, you know, workout stats, he, he's more effective there. And even like, okay, Georgia didn't cultivate George Pickens. They didn't throw it as much as they should have. Well, at the same time, George Pickens probably should have produced as he was going along, right? If he yeah. had the same talent level, he should have been putting up Justin Jefferson numbers in college. He did not. Georgia was still a very good team. <laughs> 
And George Pickens also had character issues coming out of college like that. It, it might not be all on the coaching staff, in other words. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we're hearing these things because, you know, Justin Jefferson has become the gold standard of what a mm-hmm. receiver can be in the NFL. You know, he's an elite yeah. route runner. He can go deep. He can catch it over the middle. Like he, he's virtually unstoppable as a receiver because he's going to get a hundred yards. He might, most games, he'll probably get a touchdown too. Like he is the most consistent entity we have seen in the NFL since Jerry Rice, really. And I think when you're that guy, everybody's going to look up to you and try and compare. And like, especially as fans, we're going to look at our own guys and be like, no, I see a lot of Justin Jefferson and Christian Watson. And it's just to like hype ourselves up of what they could be, even though there's no way they can even get close to that. So I think that's what's going on here. People are looking at Justin Jefferson and being like, okay, how can I hype up my guy? Oh yeah. He's got some Justin Jefferson to his game because it's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. And I, I think, I think saying things like that is okay. Like you can say like George Pickens is heading into year two. He's trying to, you know, continue to build his, you know, to his repertoire here. But just to say that just point blank, that he's much more talented than Justin Jefferson. It just, and double just, down on it. Yeah. And double down on it. And so, and, and then, and then what he said about the, the Rogers Brady thing, like that's so, that's such a different comparison because both of those are surefire hall of famers. Um, and yeah, it's it just, it, it's just dumb. And if you want to compare George Pickens to Justin Jefferson, you can say that again, he's a young receiver going into year two and he has potential to, you know, keep getting better and potentially get up to that Justin Jefferson level. But like, even still, I just, we haven't seen it yet. So I just think it's, 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 it's just, it's just, it comes out of nowhere. I, I, when I saw it, I was just baffled. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes too, like I, I probably had my, somebody could probably go back in time and like find some insane take that I've spotted on this podcast oh, sh- and be like, yeah, what the hell is this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I blacked out, Um, you know, for Ryan Clark, he blacked and yellowed out. I apparently, um, the thing is though, like, I mean, we both kind of do this and like have takes and do shows. And, and when you're doing it before you say something, that you know is likely going to be a little bit like outlandish. There's always that pause of like, there's the security guard. You can't, you can't go past this line, sir. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, should I say this? And if I say it, I'll say it with like a caveat. Like I think Alexander Madison, Oh, should I say this? Yeah. I think he can rush for 1500 yards or something like that. Or like be a top 10 running back, something along those lines. We always kind of stop and preface. Ryan Clark was like, no, he's like, this is, this is my take. And I'm, I'm diving into it. Full send. Yeah. Full send, as the kids say. <laughs> he died on that hill. But you know what? If we know Justin Jefferson, that's just motivation. I mean, yeah. he knows he's the best. And that's why he's out there practicing still, even though he should be the highest paid receiver in football. And I just think it's funny how I don't want to say how how little effort he puts into like his practice reps because it's he's definitely trying, but it's just so easy and natural for him. Like the the rep we saw the other day where he just like runs under the I don't even know what that piece of equipment's called and just one-handed catch. Meanwhile, you got guys like Jalen Rager out there who are like not even doing the practice rep correctly. And it's just, it's so funny to just kind of watch him and how easy everything is for him. It's like the uh, old John Randall video. I don't know if you remember that, but he's like doing the tackling and they show him yeah. like just going full speed, <laughs> like full bore. And the guy behind him is just like, all right, here we go. Another yep. practice. And John Randall's like, when's the next one? When's the next one? Like, yeah. Basically, That's what separates good from great, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's close with this point. What are your expectations for the Vikings overall this season? You liking how they look or what what are you thinking heading into 2023? Yeah, I think it'll all rest on the defense um as we head into to 2023, but I I don't think I know we we hear that Detroit is the favorite or even Chicago or Green Bay could make some noise. This team won 13 games last year and while the way they won them is probably not sustainable. Um, I still think they're a good football team and I still think they have an opportunity to take the North and potentially make some noise in the playoffs if, if they, uh, depending on who they match up against. Uh, but it is a hard schedule. I mean, we're going against first place teams. We have to take on teams like the Chiefs. Granted, that's here at home, but still going to be a tough test. So I think this team will need to really rely on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, he, he played great last year. Um, Maybe not statistically speaking, but I think there's some things that aren't necessarily in the stat book that that popped out to me. And um, I think he, if he can build on that and we can make sure that our offensive weapons stay healthy and Jordan Addison ascends like we kind of think he is, I really think this team could be looking at a 10-11 win season um, and, and, and another playoff berth. The good thing for the Vikings, though, or at least for Kwesi, is if things don't pan out this year, no harm, no foul. Right, their draft pick is in a in a spot where you can likely go get a future franchise quarterback. You can kind of reset in twenty twenty four, and then you have all your core pieces still heading into twenty twenty five. So I think this is really a a win win type of season for at least KOC and Kwesi. Yeah, I, I mean it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think there's. I mean, what's what Viking season isn't right? But yeah, I, I mean if they're good, they're good. If they're bad. All right, go get go get your quarterback. Like I, they're not winding up with Caleb Williams, but I mean Drake May. Maybe you get Quinn Ewers. Like yeah. I don't know. There, Bo Nix. I saw Bo Nix bopping around here on the timeline the other day. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that Gopher game from a couple of years ago is still burned into my brain uh, when it comes to Bo Nix. But <laughs> they will have options. Uh, what's going on with Climb the Pocket, the Vikings Wire, and the Daily Norseman? Yeah, so I should actually probably remove. Uh, the Vikings wire from from my thing. I stepped away from that gig oh. back in in March, uh, but I just have not updated anything on uh, on social media for that. But climbing the pocket, a lot of fun stuff uh, heading up in, into this year. Um, we're kind of setting our content schedule up, but Vikings Happy Hour is a mainstay, and you can see us there. We're going to do live shows every Tuesday night with the fans, so join us there. There'll be some post game shows um, and whatnot, and then uh, yeah, get back into a little bit of writing with daily Norseman as the season kind of progresses. So it should be a, should be a fun season. I'm excited for it. And you got it up on the screen here for the YouTube audience, but for the audio audience, where can they follow you on Twitter X, Instagram, Wolf threads? I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I've, I'm, I'm old. I've lost track of everything, but I think I have it the same on everything, thankfully. So just a blanket, Matt Anderson underscore eight, and you can likely find me um, probably even on, LinkedIn, to be honest, I, <laughs> I guess that's not usernames, but uh, yeah, threads, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Matt Anderson underscore eight is where you can find me. It doesn't even say Matt Anderson on his business card. It just says Matt Anderson eight. Everybody's <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this? This is weird. Well, Matt, thank you for coming on today. Absolutely. We appreciate the time. Uh, once again, this is the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday, uh, most of the time at 6.15 p.m. Central Time. But 
We're trying to get a little bit more consistent, so we'll figure things out. But no matter, you can always catch us on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you listen or watch, rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. For Matt Anderson, I am Chris Shad, and we'll talk to you next time on the Viking Age Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.